0: Romans chapter 6, and we just read three verses this morning selectively. Uh, Verse number 13, the Bible says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield ye yourselves unto God, as those that are lying from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse number 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Verse number 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield ye your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Father, I pray for the next few moments you'll take the word of God, speak to our hearts. I pray that you give us liberty and vocabulary. God, I pray this morning that you would hide us behind the shadows of the cross. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, dismiss the flesh from our mind these next few moments, and may we see no man save Jesus only. God, I pray that you'll be glorified and magnified. Lord, may the church be edified, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach to you this morning a message that God spoke to me about that I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, has changed my life down through the years it's not just a sermon this morning that i am giving you but more so it is a principle uh, that I think that is life-changing for every Christian uh, that that ever uh, practices this principle in their life. And I wanna preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on the power of a yielded life, the power of a yielded life. Now, many will never experience or never know the uh, power of a yielded life, particularly because they do not understand the importance of a yielded life. When you think about the victory that is ours and the victory that uh, comes, in serving Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, in verse number 57, he said, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that we have victory, and victory is ours for the taking and for the claiming this morning. But in order for you and I to experience that victory, there must be a yielding of ourselves to God. Amen? And when we think about that this morning, there are several reasons why that is important. It's important because of the nature of our relationship with God. When you think about who God is and who we are, in order for a sinner to be saved, they must yield to God in salvation, isn't that right? In order for a Christian to be used of God, they must yield to God in service, amen? If a sinner does not yield in salvation, then they are doomed and if a Christian or a saved person does not yield to God in service, then he is done and his life will never be used or counted for the cause of Christ and so there is the nature of our relationship with God as to why we must yield. If you want victory in your relationship with God, then simply yield to the Lord on a daily basis, and then we ought to yield to God because of the nature of our own personal problems, amen? When you think about our problems this morning, they really are wrapped up in three things. You say, well, uh, preacher, I got more than three problems this morning, but I wanna tell you, you really don't. When you think about it, uh, the problems that we have is the flesh that is within us, uh, the world that is with around us, and the devil that oftentimes comes upon us and that's where all of our problems are at this morning and because of that, if I'm gonna defeat the flesh and if I'm gonna have victory over the world and if I'm gonna be able to have victory over Satan, then that comes through a yielded life and surrendering our will to God's will and so the nature of our relationship with God, my friend, the nature of our personal problems is why that we must yield and then the nature by which the Lord uses us in service is a reason by which we should yield. You see, if you want God to use you, then my friend, the number one thing you've got to do is yield to God Himself. Amen. I've seen it down through the years, friend. God uses those that are weak, isn't that right? God uses y'all with me this morning. God uses those uh, that are weak. God uses those that uh, feel like they're unqualified. God uh, uses those that doesn't have a lot of ability. He will walk past all kinds of a talent and personality and those that feel like they are qualified to find that one uh, instrument, that one individual that will just say, God, if you can do anything with me, if you can get any glory out of me, if there's anything in me that can be used in the work of God, that person that has a little faith in themselves but much faith in God that is the individual that God uses their life for his honor and his glory this morning i'm reminded of zechariah 4 and verse 16 the bible says not by might nor by power but by my spirit you see, this morning I've watched people in the ministry down through the years uh, 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 scratch their head and wonder, well, if God can do, if, if they can do that, then I can do that. I, I can do that better than what they can do that, only to find out that they cannot do that because they never put that link together that if they're ever used, uh, it'll be the hand of God. You young men and you young ladies hear me this morning, the power of a yielded life uh, is the only way that your life will ever be used uh, and you'll ever make a dent uh, or account for God the cause of Christ, uh, you must yield in order for God to use you. He's not impressed with who we are. He's not impressed with what we can do for, he said, without me you can do nothing. Amen. He's not impressed uh, with any ability or any talent that we may possess for he gave us that ability. He gave us that talent. And I want to tell you, no ability or talent that we have would ever measure up to the ability and the talent of the one that gave it to us. Uh, He's not impressed uh, but God is wanting someone that'll just yield their life for the Cause of Christ. If you're going to yield this morning, I want to say this morning if you yield your life to God, sin must be dealt with, Satan must be defeated, and self must be dethroned. Amen. A yielded life, uh, my friend, uh, to God will cause God to cleanse us through that yielded life. Uh, He will fill us through that yielded life and he will use us through that yielded life. I want to be clean, don't you? I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be used for the honor and the glory of God. Uh, I'm saying this morning there's victory in a yielded life. Amen. It's God working for us and God working in us uh, and God working through us. Uh, That's the victory that God gives, you can't do it and I can't do it this morning. We can't do anything, but God will work through us if we'll just yield to what he wants and what he wills in our life. I wanna say this morning, the very thing that I say no to God about will be the very thing that stumbles and will be the roadblock in my life to ever being used of God, the victory of a yielded life, the value of a yielded life this morning. When you think about your life, You and I this morning have no value to our life. Brother, I wanna tell you this morning, my life and yours would never count had it not been for God had it not been for his grace and not his mercy. Brother Nathan, when I think about what God has done in my life, it's not anything that will impress the world and it's not anything that will impress most Christians this morning. Uh, uh, But when I look back down through my life, uh, I'm not anything this morning to elevate. Don't misunderstand me, but I know where I came from. I know where I ought to be at this morning. Uh, And I'm telling you, listen, uh, whether anybody ever recognizes it, it's not what it's about this morning. It's the fact that God use us in any capacity it doesn't need to be and have to be the spotlight it doesn't have to be a trophy or accolades pinned to it this morning just the fact that God would enlist you and I and allow us to serve in any capacity ought to cause us to raise our hands toward heaven and say oh thank you Father that I could be used in a way that would honor and glorify you I want to tell you when Miss Louise led that lady to the Lord uh, at the gas station the other day and then testified about it on Wednesday night. It'll never make the headlines down here. Most people will forget about it a month from now. But I want to tell you, heaven will never forget that. Heaven's recorded that this morning. That's what God put you here for. My friend, that is God using uh, the value of a yielded life. Uh, If you want your life to count, then yield to God this morning. Let him use you. There's the value. There's the vastness of the yielded life. You see, this morning, we sell ourselves short when we try to plan our life. We sell ourselves short when we try to tell God how we're gonna live and what we're gonna do. You say, oh, preacher, I'd never do that. Maybe not with your lips, but... How many things this morning, has somebody has already said, maybe Brother Allen said in Sunday school, or a testimony, how many times do we plan things without a pray, ever praying about it, without ever seeking God's will about it? We ask everything and everybody about it, but we don't ask God what his will is and what his plan is. I want to tell you this morning, young people, listen to me, if you'll get on an altar and sell out to God lock, stock, and barrel, if you'll give your life to God and say, come what may, Lord, I just want you to use my life however you see Fit. I'm telling you God will use your life in ways uh, that you would have never anticipated. He'll do maybe things you wouldn't want to have done with it but it'll be the greatest way and you'll be so happy and you'll be so blessed uh, being in the will of God, serving God the way that God wants you to but you can't plan it. You can't map it out. You just gotta yield to God's will for, God, for your life. There's the vastness of it. There's the vitality of it. God gives strength beyond measure. I look at some people and I say, how do they do what they do? Strength beyond measure. I think about a missionary friend of mine now that we went to college with years ago that he is serving in Africa. And I look at the, the churches that he's planted and, and the things that he's doing and how God is using him. And we was talking about him just yesterday. And I think about how God has given him the courage and how that people, uh, there's even been a, a price that has been put on his head for planting so many churches and how that God is using him. And the Muslims would like to take him out, but yet he still stays and he still serves God and he still labors. What courage. Uh, I mean, what a hero. What a man of faith. Uh, you say, where is that strength coming from? Uh, it's it's being in the will of God. It's yielding to God. It gives us ability and strength that goes beyond. There's vitality that all of hell cannot tap into and the world cannot dismiss. But you'll never know until you yield. Say God, not my will, but thy will be done. The vastness of it, the vitality of it this morning. In order to yield, we must consider our weaknesses. When you think about our weaknesses this morning, the weakness of our own faith, as we've already said. The weakness of our flesh and our failures and all of our faults have got to be laid on an altar and at the feet of God. And we have to give them and take them out of our hands and put them into his hands and say, God, listen, my own weaknesses are my greatest hindrances. And and Lord, I pray this morning that you will use me and I yield every weakness that I have must be yielded to God this morning. Do you realize that? There's no victory over them weaknesses. There's no such thing as mind over matter. I don't care what the the world says. There's no such thing as just a better way of thinking. Brother, I'm telling you this morning, you can't think yourself out of problems. Amen? I know you can think yourself happy, but I'm not talking about using the principles of this book. I'm talking about the psychology of this world. It may sound good, but it isn't the word of God this morning. If you want real victory over your problems, I'm talking about the weaknesses of this old flesh. You've got to put it on an altar, identify it, side with God against it this morning, and yield it to God and say, God, if you don't help me, I give it to you, and I take it out of my hands, because I I can't win over it. It's a whipping me. And I'll never have victory until you give me that victory. Lord, I am weak and it is strong. And God, my friend, will give you victory over your weaknesses, amen. Our weaknesses. I wanna say this morning, we must recognize our own wickedness. We must search and examine our lives this morning. We must do inventory of our own soul and we must ask ourselves what lies within us that does not please God. What is there this morning that our own flesh cannot see? What is there this morning that only the Holy Spirit could reveal? Maybe it is bitterness this morning over something in your past or over something that has happened to you and that bitterness has got a hold of you this morning and is controlling your life. I wanna tell you that's wickedness this morning and we must yield that bitterness to God and turn it loose and take it out of our hands and put it in God's hand. Maybe it's pride this morning. Pride has destroyed so many people. And friend, I wanna tell you this morning, we're living in a very prideful society and God will not use the proud, but he will use the humble, amen? God knows how to humble us without humiliating us uh, and he knows how to exalt us and lift us up uh, without swelling our heads out because he knows uh, that it'll come in due time and due season when it does not matter. I'm here to tell you this morning, maybe you're here And your own pride is hindering you. And you need to get on an altar this morning. You may be mad because I'm preaching on pride. That just means you got pride this morning. You need to get in the altar and say, Dear God, my pride is so wicked. It's so sinful. And I need to put it on an altar and yield your pride to God this morning. Hey, friend, I've not been in this thing long, but I've been in this thing long enough to know sometimes you just gotta preach past some things, amen? amen? I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm just seeking to plow down right now. You're either gonna be happy or not happy. Doesn't make no difference to me right now. I'm gonna preach what God has laid on my heart. You can like it, lump it, amen. I hope you'll like it, but I'm here to tell you, lump it at least and digest it and let it help you, hallelujah. Amen. When you preach on Friday, it gets so quiet in church. You know why that is? Because people's guilty of it, amen? If preaching on pride makes you mad, you know you got pride in your life, amen? You say, don't give me some cop-out and say, well, everybody deals with pride. Yes, uh, everybody does deal with pride, but I'm telling you, dealing with it and being dominated by it, it's two different things, friends. I'm saying this morning, you want God to use you? You gotta call sin, sin. Sometimes, as a pastor, you get so tired of everybody looking at everybody else's sin. What about our sin this morning? Amen. I'm against to get long hair on a man, not on a woman. I'm gonna get some man wearing earrings. That ain't our problem this morning. If they're lost, I'm not worried about their long hair, or their earrings. Amen. Come on now. I'm just here to tell you, I'm not worried about the time this morning either. I'm just here to tell you right now uh, that when you think about it, friend, those are not the things that's hindering our life this morning, we know that's wrong and we know that's sin and we get that knocked down and we think, boy, we got everything going all right, but I'm gonna tell you what's keeping a lot of people from being used in the service of God, too much pride, amen, too much swelling of self, uh, too much value of our own self. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, friend, had it not been for God and grace and you ought to not even pride yourself in that, amen, I'm telling you, give God the glory, don't build Yourself up. Don't think yourself to be something, amen. I'm talking about this morning, it's all him, it's all him, it's all him this morning, amen. You know why he showed up in that song? Because it's all about Jesus. Brother, I'm telling you this morning we have to, if you want God to use you, yield that pride. Yield that anger to God, that stubbornness, that jealousy get that get that on the altar and do real business with God. Call it sin for what it is. Uh, I'm talking about that stubbornness, uh, that, that bowing up. Uh, you know, we preach that to the young people and they need it, amen? Uh, but I'm gonna tell you something, I've seen far more adults bow up uh, than I have young people, amen? I'm telling you young people, they can take it, you can hammer them, you can preach on them, they'll, they'll take it, but I'm telling you a lot of times it's them adults, uh, like some of you right now, bowing up on me, cause I'm preaching on stubbornness. Uh, you don't like it, but I'm going to preach it anyway. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to be honest this morning. I mean, I just feel a wall right now. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep hammering until I break through that wall. So the old saying is you can either get in, get out, or get run over, friend. But I'm here to tell you I want to have revival. I want God to work. I want God to move. You can be with me or not with me this morning. I'm talking about stubbornness will hinder our life. I I don't want to be stubborn. Preacher, have you ever been stubborn? What do you think? Don't say it out loud. Just think it. (laughs) Of course. but I don't want to live a stubborn life. Brother, I've talked to people and told them things. You know what? Let me just say this. You know what's kept me I mean, it's only the grace of God I haven't went plum crazy like a lot of other people. It's the grace of God. I came to this church 21 years ago and I'll tell you what I said to myself. I don't know how to do nothing, let alone pastor a church. And I remember getting over in the office one day or study one day and I said, Lord, please help me. This is what I prayed. God, I'm so dumb. I don't want them to know it. I'm sure y'all didn't. <laughs> 23 years old brother Cape 78 when he left here I said God they forgot more than I'll ever know I said Lord please help me not to do anything stupid that's how I prayed I mean that's how I talked to God I said God please help me and the Holy Spirit said to me he said if you'll walk real slow and take your time and just listen to me then you won't do anything stupid but if you don't you will I'm gonna tell you something. So I wouldn't have told that preacher, that's all right. I'm telling you, a whole bunch of us all be praying like that. Because 21 years later, you know what I pray, Lord? I'm so dumb. God, if you don't help me, I'll do something stupid. That's a flesh friend. I ain't got this thing figured out this morning. But I'm telling you, that's the problem today. The power of a yielded life is when we get on our face and say, dear God, I can't, but you can I don't know how, but you do know how. I'm telling you, God will do far more for you. I'd rather him be doing things for me as me trying to do it myself. Brother Ronnie, I'm here to tell you this morning, I've watched him. I don't know a whole lot, but I've watched him work. And I'm telling you, being around people that have wisdom and have been in this thing longer than I have down through the years, they've been the salvage of my Christian life, the salvage of my ministry. But we're living in a day when you can't hardly tell nobody nothing. Everybody knows everything. Everybody's got everything figured out. I'm telling you, when somebody Somebody tells you something, you all to stop talking, start listening. Write it down and remember it, friends. Because you need it. There are people that the Holy Spirit honestly told me, don't tell them nothing else again. Because they're not listening. And when they come back, Brother Logan, and they say, and if you're one of them, I can't help it. Maybe this will change you. When they come back and they're in the pit again, they start telling them, I listen to them. When they get done, I say, well, I'm going to pray for you. Because I don't have anything else to tell people that don't listen. This morning, I said, preacher, why are you saying that? I want to get your attention. Heal to God. Oh, don't think I'm being ugly. You know me better than that. I'm not somebody to get up. I'm telling you something. Listen, there ain't never a sermon I preached to you that when I point that finger this way, that there's three of them right here. Point right back. Never a sermon I preached to you that what the Holy Spirit had word out in my soul in my own life. But I'm telling you what I know to be a principle, to be true this morning. You want God's power. You want God's touch. You want God to use you this morning. And I'm telling you, yield your life to God. Call out your own wickedness and call it by name. Don't dress it up. Don't sweep it up. Don't, don't listen, make it look good. No, no, it's ugly. It doesn't matter if you're the pastor or a member this morning. Call it what it is. There's victory in that. I'll say this: the power of your life. You got to recognize your wants, possessions, pleasures. You have got to give up some things. You want God to use you. Hey, y'all want God? You boys look at me. You girls look at me. You want God to use you? It doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. But you have to give up some worldly pleasures. Don't have to give up possessions of this. Don't 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 be about the things of this world. And you moms and dads and you others out there this morning. You going have to give up. You want God to use your life? Evaluate it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For we may love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I wrote the words down to this old song. I, I couldn't find the, I couldn't find the, uh, I looked in the songbook. I had a songbook at my house and it, that song wasn't in it. I love this old song. Songwriter said, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. My faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I don't know about you this morning. I like that other verse. I want to scale the utmost high and catch a gleam of glory bright. I want to say there's so many words in that song. I, I listen to it over and over many times and you say, preacher, what's so fascinating about that song? I'm telling you it's not just a song. I tell you it's the de- desire of my heart this morning. I want to go to a higher ground don't you? I, I tell you I've served God down through these years and he's been good to me and he's blessed me. I tell you I've not always been what I want to be for the glory of God but I want to go higher. I want to go Father. I want to God to use me more. I want to be all that he wants me to be for his honor and for his glory. I don't care about the applause of this world, but I do want to hear him say, well done, well done, well done. Don't you want to finish and hear him say, well done, hallelujah. I think that'll be the sweetest words that's ever fell on mortal ears, is to hear our father say, well done, Hallelujah. I want to go further, don't you? I don't want to just live and exist the Christian life. David Brainerd died at 29 years of age. Brainerd gave his life to the American natives. Oswald Chambers, at 29 years of age, died. Got on a train one day and met a woman, was engaged to a lady and... Met a woman and in one train ride had a conversation and they both by the end of that train ride felt it was the perfect will of God for them to be married. Chambers broke the engagement that he had married this lady and she felt like God could use her somehow, some way and she prayed and she said, Lord, how can I be used to serve you? The only talent that she had was she could write shorthand. And so she began to dictate everything that Oswald Chambers said to his friends, to his colleagues, and to any sermon, any conversation at the table. She constantly made it her ministry to write down everything that Oswald Chambers ever said. Oswald Chambers, they did not know he would die at 29 years of age. And on my desk, there's a book there, 1,500 pages that his wife dictated. Oswald Chambers never wrote one book not even the utmost for his highest that everybody knows. That famous book, his wife dictated his words. You say, preacher, what's the big deal about that? Had she not yielded? Had she not surrendered? Do you realize that the entire world would have not even known who Oswald Chambers was? Because of that, there's not a bookstore, even a liberal bookstore that you walk in today. You walk in that bookstore and you go to a devotional section and I guarantee you there'll be a copy of The Utmost for His highest, written by Oswald Chambers there with shorthand by his wife. You know why? Because she yielded her life to God. I want to tell you, you may be the mother of an Oswald Chambers. You may be the wife of the next Oswald Chambers. But you'll never know if you don't yield your life and say, Dear God, would you use my life for your honor and your glory? David Livingston went to Africa 60 years Livingston lived made a mark for God Amy Carmichael 55 years can you imagine this Amy Carmichael spent 55 years in India started an orphanage and a mission rescued young girls and for 55 years she never took a furlough she never came home She yielded her life to God. I wonder if there's an Amy Carmichael sitting on that pew this morning. I wonder if there's a David Livingston, a David Brainerd. You know what Livingston said? I wrote this down in his journal. He said, I'm prepared to go anywhere provided it be forward. He said, I will place no value on anything I have or may process except in relation to the kingdom of Christ. Nothing earthly will make me give up my work in despair. He said to one of his colleagues, he said, if you have any, if you have men who will only come if they know that there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road. I want to tell you this morning. Only one life, and it'll soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ. Will last. I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want to waste another day. I wanna waste a second of my life. Sometimes the flesh gets tired, sometimes sometimes your mind gets tired. But life is running out. But I want to do all we can. Don't you want to do all we can while we can for God? I don't want to pastor I I don't want to be the pastor of a good church. I don't I don't want to draw a salary. That's not what this is about. I don't wanna I don't wanna have a ministry that that the whole world or not that it, there is, but that's not my goals. What I'm saying is that the, the world would, would think well of me. Oh no, no no. Going to them jails and nursing homes. Going to the mission field, Africa, India, going out west and starting in the middle of nowhere. I'll tell you, I drove through a town of 300 people in Idaho. And you know this town. And the pastor I was with, we drove through that town. And I'm telling you, for two years, I've not had that town off my heart. Only 300 people live in that town. There's not been a church of any kind in that town in 85 years. Can you imagine that? People have been born, they've lived, and they've died in America. America. They've never even heard the gospel. I've been begging God. Sins. Sins labors. Yeah, I don't even know who you are really. I like you, but I don't know you that well. <laughs> we need somebody to go. We need somebody to go. You may not be a preacher this morning, but don't you want to do something that counts? Counts for God. Make your life count. I walked through my garage today. You know I like everything in its place. And I walked through my garage, and I don't think I'm ever going to get that goal accomplished. (laughs) Anybody feel my pain? (laughs) I mean, it's just junk. Where does it come from? I walked through there and I was like, you know how it's a repeated process—you clean it out, you put it in containers, you stack it up—and I don't know if there's a—I don't know if there's a garage fairy that breaks in in the middle of the night and just rips it all back out. But somehow you walk through there one day and you didn't have it noticed at all. Twenty nine other and you walk through one day and you can't get through. I just thought, man, I wish somebody could come get every bit of this stuff. Amen, and it's good stuff that I need, brother Blake. But I just—it's just—it's in my way all the time. And I walked through there and I thought, you know, isn't it how things are? They're just things. You get a diamond ring. One of you ladies get a diamond ring, and it's a wonderful thing. And I think it's good if a man buys his wife one. I'd buy my wife one, but it'd be fake. I pastor a bad... Yeah, you know, that's not fake, is it? I remember that. Yeah. It cost me 10 years in the ministry to get that. There's <laughs> another one. Good night, man. I don't know. We're going to sell them things after church, hallelujah. <laughs> but you know how when you get something that's so new, then over time, you forget about it. Isn't that right? It just kind of gets tucked away. You'll bring it out every now and then. But you know the things that you value the most? I'm gonna tell you what they are. It's the things you use every day. I got a rake it is I've had the thing for I've had the thing for probably fifteen years, Brother Danny. Ain't nothing special about it. It's just a leaf rake. It's just wide. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Plastic, faded, ugly. And I got other rakes. They're brand new. They're shiny. I bought them because that rake is so terrible. It's ugly. It's fa- and you know what? I keep going back to that same rake. Oh, yeah. no. Pass up all the shiny new ones. And I keep using it. You see why I do that? Because I've used it so long. It works so good. I'm just going to use it till it's done. And that's the way God is. Yeah. You don't gotta be nothing new and shiny if you're willing to yield, that rake ain't no good sitting in my garage. It's no good until I put my hands on it. Then it becomes a tool. I'm gonna tell you something, that's how God is.